There it is. All right. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for this opportunity to come before you, to get into your word, and to have you speak to our hearts today. We thank you for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Welcome and good evening. Welcome to Scripture Talk. Uh, I am Pastor Scott Ketchot. Uh, we are running the show without uh, Pastor Trey still on uh, paternity leave. And uh, Stacy is out with this. So it is me and oh, Miss Brandy. Sister Brandy, how y'all doing this evening? All right. So we will uh, be taking a look at Mark tonight. Uh, Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28 is where we are. And uh, I, I think we're going to have some really good stuff to get into. All of Scripture is good, but uh, so, some of it opens up for some good conversations. And I think this is going to be one of those. So uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 21 through 28. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then, there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him? At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. Uh-huh. All right. So we have Jesus doing what he does. We're, we're continuing on with uh, the verses that immediately follow what we talked about last week there in Mark. And uh, he's in Capernaum now uh, in the area around Galilee. And it's on the Sabbath. And so he goes into the synagogue and taught. Now, uh, the ten, uh, synagogue uh, generally in this day didn't necessarily have uh, set teachers that were set every single week as we tend to do with pastors. And so there was a freedom in the synagogue where people could come up and learned guests were invited to speak on the scripture reading for that day. And so this would give Jesus an opportunity to preach. And it says that the people hearing were astounded. They were, they were like, wow, this is not the way the scribes taught. Uh, you know, they're told that the effect that he had, they were just astonished. They hadn't heard anybody teach quite like this. And, and, and it's interesting because it says that he taught them as one having authority, you know, not the way the scribes did, which has always kind of hit me kind of interesting. It's like, well, then were, were, were the scribes timid in their teaching uh, or, you know, it, it, there is that aspect of is he teaching in boldness? But I really think it's more than that because Jesus truly did have authority. You know, he he taught with authority because he had that authority. He had the divine message. He was confident that it was from God. He wasn't quoting from man, but from God. He's reading the scripture. He taught with authority because he knew what he was talking about. You know, you can't teach with authority if you aren't familiar 
with your material and you're not really vested in it. And Jesus also taught with authority because he believed what he taught. And when you really believe what you teach, it comes through to your audience with authority. But most important, Jesus taught with authority because he was submitted to the Father. We see this, this submission in his baptism. We see this submission to the Holy Spirit. You know, prior to this, going out into the wilderness and spending the 40 days, you know, in fasting and going through all of that. So in that, we see why Jesus has authority. And so authority flows from submission. We see that uh, later on when the um, a centurion comes to Jesus and tells him that he understands what it is to be a man under authority. Therefore, he has authority. Yeah, Jesus knew who he was when in his father. He displays that in the method of his teaching and uh, how he presents the scriptures to the, the congregation. And um, as it did pointed out, he's speaking and teaching with authority, not like the learned men, like they yeah. just learned it from seminary. This is the professor talking, not not the student. This is the professor talking, and he knows he knows where he's he's going. He knows his material. He wrote the material. He is the material. So that's amazing that they recognize these scribes and Pharisees and such that that were in the the service that they that they recognized that authority was being presented at that present time. Right. Uh, we see a clear difference in head knowledge and intimate knowledge. You know, last week we, we were looking at, you know, the difference in believing in and believing something, just the information and then truly believing in something. And that's kind of carries over into this, having that head knowledge, talking about something versus really knowing not just the message, but the father who gave the message. And that's what makes the difference. And this really carries over to us as Christians in our relationship because, you know, again, this is immediately coming after what we talked about last week. And we saw Jesus calling the disciples to follow him. And following him is walking in his footsteps, doing the things that he does. And if that's what the disciples and by proxy, all of Christians are to do in following him, that also means to follow in his example of how authority works. If uh -huh. we want to have authority that we have been given by the Holy Spirit, as other places in Scripture tells us, then we need to access that, not in the way the scribes do, by talking about our head knowledge and talking about the things that we're not really intimately concerned or invested in, but truly being submitted to the Father through Jesus so that we do have that same authority working out and when we have that it changes the way we teach that that's mm -hmm. what is amazing in this we're, we're seeing a use of authority not in the way of hey you go do this or i'm in control but in having power in the message in the way he taught and because of that we see authority in another way that comes about during the service because this says they see, they see him they're astounded and they see him preaching with this authority and boldness before we see him dealing with this unclean spirit. Right. Being submissive to God does give you access 
to have uh, authority. He shares his authority with us as believers that we can do the same thing that he did. And, uh, and I can speak for us as preachers that when we step into the pulpit or on the floor, wherever we're at, and we submit ourselves to God in our service, he in turn pours into us his authority. And we can stand before a congregation and preach and teach the gospel with that authority that the people can recognize that the spirit, God's spirit is in us and they will be focused on what words are coming out of our mouth because it's not our words for one, it's God's words. But we are using the authority that he has instilled in us to do so to make a great impact in the lives that those that need to hear the word. Amen. You know, uh, the people there, you know, I, I, I get a sense of out of their astonishment that what they're seeing is Jesus is coming to do church, not business as usual, you know, and, and, and this is, should be a wake up call, even though this was thousands of years putting down the, the church still in some ways need to grab a hold of this, that we need to quit doing business as usual and we mm -hmm. need to be submitted to the point that the authority is coming forth in the word. You know, it isn't our authority, it's God's authority and it is an authority to be used in a way other than pointing to Jesus and grace, which then brings salvation and freedom as we see happening here in this situation. You know, that there was someone there that I would assume, it doesn't tell us if this was a first time visitor, if it was someone who was normally in synagogue, but there was someone there in synagogue who was demon possessed. Now, I, I don't know if he's been to services before, and the demon was okay with how services or how business was going, but Jesus showed up and the authority that's in Jesus changed things. And we have a testimony to who Jesus is coming, not from the mouths of the believers, but from the demon. <laughs> I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. I mean, he's testifying to the fact that they did not corrupt him in the uh, desert. He has not been corrupted. He is the special holy one of God. Uh -huh. And I love how Jesus deals with this. Now, I'm not poking fun at anything, but if you, you know, there, there are those in certain uh, uh, corners or realms that have their ways about approaching exorcisms. Um, and if you've ever seen the movie Exorcist, it gets kind of crazy of the oh, way yes. they think of how to deal with getting rid of uh, demons. But I like how Jesus does it. There's no drawn out ceremony. There's no pomp and circumstance. He essentially says, shut up and get out. Uh-huh. You know, uh, this translation says, be quiet. But yeah. almost every time you see Jesus dealing with one and they start to talk, he's just like, shut up. And that's because all demons and the enemy of the adversary are, are liars. So it doesn't matter what they're going to say. We don't need to have this long drawn out discussion with those. It just be quiet. What you have to say isn't the truth. The truth is Jesus has authority and he exercised yeah. that and just said, leave. And there wasn't any debate. That's exactly what happened. Well, see, watch this, watch this. The demon said, I know who you are. So he knows all of the qualifications that Jesus has. Yeah. He knows the authority that Jesus has the right to execute on him. There was no argumentation. 
you know, a way he was going to end up having to do, and that was exit stage left when Jesus got got with him. But he knew what Jesus was all about. Yeah. So it was not a surprise to him that he was going to exercise his authority at that moment to drive him out. But the stage had already been set for those around him when he was teaching and preaching with authority. Now he saw that he, everybody saw that he has control of even the demons of hell yeah. to tell them to go back where they come from. Exactly. And that's, that's what catches them. You know, this idea of, wait, this is something different. Yeah, so it's new. This man that even the demons are obeying him. Now, we have an interesting question uh, that's here in the chat from uh, Tracy. It says, was Jesus taught as a boy that he was the son of God? And was Mary and Joseph his teachers? Um, scripture doesn't really show us if he was taught that or not. Uh -huh. But it does show us that uh, when Jesus was a boy, one of the few stories we see of him as a boy, and uh, they had gone to the temple, and this is that story where they were just accustomed to Jesus doing what we were supposed to do. They left and then they realized he wasn't with them and they had to go back to find him. And they yeah. found him there in the temple as a, a young uh, man, a young adolescent age. And he was visiting with the scribes and they were astounded at his wisdom. And when his parents questioned him, he said, why did you look everywhere for me? Didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? Uh -huh. So, we do see a glimpse that he had an understanding of who he was and what his mission was, his mission was, whether that's from the teaching of Mary jo and Joseph, whether that was from an aspect of his uh, divinity still being there with him. Uh -huh. spirit, we really don't know. But right. he did at an early age have an understanding of who he was. And I think that in of itself uh, plays into us as uh walking out our own mission and if we have a true understanding of who we are in christ we would go about our lives differently if we understood that we because of christ and his righteousness because of what he's done in his victory that we are also joint heirs and therefore having his authority man the trials the tribulations the things we face would not move us in the way it does because we would be just like this be quiet get out of here <laughs> yeah that's the beauty of the relationship you can have with jesus christ when you surrender your all to him that you have access to get that authority to drive out demons to speak life into death situations to be able to to uh uh, speak to that mountain and the mountain will move and, and so on yeah. where you submit yourself to God in that sense. And like you said, Jesus already had that understanding as a 12 year old, who he was positioned in his father's kingdom, mm -hmm. where he explained he was being about his father's business at that time. And even though the Bible doesn't say that he went to a synagogue or whatever, whatnot, but we assume based on Jewish tradition that a young boy went through the, the training that a young Jewish boy does go through when, when he reaches bar mitzvah and so forth. So as what we had to go by, but it doesn't say that, but he did get enough training, through, I guess, from Mary and Joseph to know where he stands from a religious point of view. 
But from a relationship point of view, it was already established way before now who he was. Right. We, uh, you know, throughout scripture, we see Jesus taking the time to get away, to be alone and have that prayer time to develop that personal relationship. And, and, and you hit, hit the key fact right there. Uh, it, it's good to know scripture. It's good to be well-versed in doctrine and theology. I, I am working on a master's of divinity, pursuing my pastoral studies because I feel it is important to understand all of that. However, the scribes and the Pharisees were the best at knowing the law. That was what they spent their life on. And it wasn't the knowledge of the law that brought power to the teaching or else the people would not have been astonished here. And one of the interesting things when you look at Jesus is that he was 100% man, 100% God. And so right. the things that he did while here on earth was done by the same Holy Spirit that we have access to. Now, we won't live a sinless, perfect life, but we have access to that same thing since what Jesus did brought victory. And so in that, we can work toward being like Christ. And so we do have access to that authority. And it comes through relationship, through the time spent individually in prayer, building relationship with the Father. That's what all of Scripture is, is a love story of God reconciling us back to himself, not because we deserved it, not because we did anything to earn it, but because he wants us to be with him. And the more we're with him, the more Christ-like we are. Therefore, the more authority in the things that we do will be there. Right. And he's come into our lives to make a new thing in us. He, he's, he's come to make all things new and uh, to break away from the old because the old can get rusty and they still know that it won't work anymore. Right. Uh, we, were, we were talking today uh, during uh, worship planning about about the scripture and the direction that is probably going to be taken in Sunday sermon that religion can can have a a, a, a prison like mode on you if you don't have a relationship established with with Jesus Christ because religion versus relationship can get you to where religion says you can't do this, you can't do that, you got to say this to make it be right, or worship is ruined, and so forth. Whereas relationship says, come unto me, so just come and be with me, come and love on just come and be, and let me, let me love on you, and you love on me, and, and so forth, that uh, we don't have to go through hoops to gain salvation, we just give ourselves to God and he'll take it from there. Yeah. Um, religion often gives, like just like you said, that idea of I have to be a certain way. This is why when you invite people to church, sometimes they're like, well, I've got to get my act together before I go to church. No. no. The church helps you get your act together if you're seeking relationships. Now you can come to church and never miss a uh, service and be like the scribes and Pharisees, knowing exactly. the right things, knowing uh, the right things to do, the right things to say, but not really knowing the one who has done it all. 
uh, you know, I once heard someone say, compare it to the fact of, uh, you know, uh, Batman and the comic book. You know, he, he, the individual, and, and I'm kind of like this way because of the, the fandom. I know lots of facts about Batman. I can tell you uh, a lot of stuff about it, but I have never met Batman. <laughs> That's the way a lot of people approach the relationship with Jesus. They know a lot of facts, a lot of things about Jesus, but they don't have intimate personal knowledge because they've never met him. And right. The difference between relationship and religion. Right. And I can uh, attest to that because uh, I grew up in church and uh, beforehand it was going through the motions of religion. You go through liturgy and all of this every Sunday, but you don't get anything out of it or you're just stuck in one position. And it wasn't until I came to uh, grace that I learned about relationship and then went on forward to the walk to Emmaus and there I experienced God for myself and I was taught relationship and it's a big difference between religion and relationship because when you have that touch with God you know it's not fake and shade you it's real and he doesn't require nothing more but just your heart, yourself to him. And that's all he requires. And once you give him that, oh, the wonderful things you get to see and hear and experience through his love, his grace, and his mercy that religion can't offer. Religion can lead to imprisonment. Relationship leads to freedom. Yeah. Uh, religion leaves the doors to the jail shut where relationship comes and open it. it right on. The world, the world is sick of the hypocrisy of uh, the church at large. You know, uh, one of the biggest complaints I hear people say is, you know, well, you know, the church is full of a bunch of hypocrites. And rightfully so. It's, it's a fair uh, attachment sometimes because they see the do's and the don'ts. They see the the, the dual nature that a church sometimes gives on, well, you have to look this way, you have to be, and, and that's been in the church since Jesus's day. That's why they criticize him. You see the stories of them. Oh, if Jesus knew who that woman was, he would not let her touch him. <laughs> yet Jesus was moved by the love shown with the woman with the alabaster jar. Yes. Moved by the hearts of the people seeking him because He's already reaching out to us. And that's what the world needs to see. Not a God who is mad at us, but a God who is madly in love with us. You know, years ago, I uh, was with the church and we did this little campaign about uh, Jesus likes you. And we made shirts and all of this. And, and, and the phrase kind of, we had people get offended about that. And they're like, Jesus doesn't like me. Jesus loves me. It's like, yeah, he does love you. But do you know he likes you as well? Because see, I love every member in my family, my extended family, and all of that, but I don't necessarily like spending summer vacation with all of them. <laughs> yeah. And so there's a difference. And Jesus loves us, but he also likes us and wants to spend time with us. Exactly. Exactly. And he'll, he'll, he went through extreme measures to make sure that he could get a relationship with us by dying on the cross our sins, opening up the door so we can come in and sup with him. So what better way than to get ourselves right is get right with God. 
and form a relationship with him and recognize his authority and that authority is available for us to use and his authority can be exercised over your life to where it, it's not gonna, uh, your life's not gonna be 100% rosy, but he will get you out of situations that you thought you could never get yourself out of. That's how powerful he is. He can speak to the devils of your life and tell them to be quiet, shut up, go back to where you come from. Just let that authority take over your life and don't fight it. Let him be ruler over your life 100%. Right. And that's the true call that the world needs to hear now is to choose a different religion. Not what you've seen on TV as the church, not what your preconceived idea of what the church is or isn't, but what Jesus said it is, which is relationship which is life-giving, which is accepting and loving and helps you get where you need to be, not expecting you to get there before coming to him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's probably about a great place to bring it to an uh, end because uh, I don't know anything else to add to other than the fact Jesus is there with his arms wide open. So That's right. If you have Just just like everybody else did, and go spread the news about him all over the region. <laughs> Let right. folks know right. who he is, you know. Yeah. It, it ends there. His fame spread around. And today we still hear of him and see the difference in the way he taught versus what others said. I, I will share, share this, though. Uh, I went to uh, my certified lay minister training this past weekend. And I was uh, blessed to be able with uh, be with nine other uh, candidates and recertification members. And there was this one pastor, I forget his name, uh, that he shared his testimony about how God delivered him from the life that he had. And now has, has got him in a position where he is preaching uh, in a church as a certified lay uh, minister. And he said that his friends couldn't believe that he went from being into drugs and, and so forth. And now he's preaching the word of God. And um, he said, I don't know where this came from. I really don't share my testimony of, about what happened. And we just pretty much all told him in one loud voice, tell it. You don't know who you are helping when you testify about what God has brought you from. So this man in tonight's scripture, when the demon came out of him, how, however long he was in him, and he's finally released from uh, his imprisonment with this devil, he, I'm pretty sure he, he went around the town to tell everybody, I'm set free. I'm yeah. set free. So be like the man at my training, be like the man in this scripture if God has done something great for you and his authority was exercised over your life, don't just sit on it. Tell it because you don't know who you may be helping. No doubt. And uh, one of my favorite verses is in uh, Revelation 12. And it says they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Right. Overcoming is sharing the testimony of what God has done for you and in you and through you. So um, if you have any feedback or would like to join the conversation, you can leave a comment here on Facebook, uh, over on our YouTube page, or on our website, palestinegrace.com slash video. 
Uh, you can email us after the fact at gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. And don't forget that there is an audio-only version of this show that's available after the fact. Just search Scripture Talk by Grace Church and your podcatcher of choice. Uh, also, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And fear not. Stay well. God is with us. Good night. Ha <laughs> ha